welcome back. It's episode 22 of Stop It, That's Weird. Thank you so much for being here. I hope everyone had a nice little break. Little break from me for a week. <laughs> uh, I hope everyone had some time to just relax, uh, whether that's with family or I hope everybody got really like a moment to just kind of chill by yourself, relax, you know, recharge, even if that was just for a few minutes. I know a lot of people have really chaotic holidays, you know, with the big families and a lot going on and stuff. So I hope you had a minute to just take a breath and be with your thoughts and chill, take a bubble bath or something. My Thanksgiving ended up being canceled, uh, which was good and bad, you know, like I, I miss my family, but at the same time, it was kind of nice to have zero expectations for an entire week. I gave myself the week off from the podcast, so that was kind of nice. I didn't like have to do, you know, I wasn't creating something or working on something for the week, which is kind of not, I mean, besides, you know, TikToks and stuff like that. But besides being on TikTok, I didn't do a podcast. I had most of the week off from my like nine to five job. Um, so it was pretty nice. It was pretty relaxing. But of course, <laughs> I found stuff to stress about, you know, in classic Trisha fashion. I had something to be upset about and stress about. So there we go. <laughs> no, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I'll get into a little bit what I've been doing over the last week and whatnot, but I really truly, I know that this is a tricky time of year for a lot of people. Those of us who maybe don't have an excellent relationship with every member of their family and that sort of thing, I know it can be a little bit of a tense time of year, so I just hope everyone, sorry, Navi, all right, Jesus. Sorry, she decided to get up, screamed in my face, and then whipped me with her tail. And now I have hair <coughs> stuck in my lip balm, dude. Gross. Bye. Jeez, that was so rude. Okay, anyway. <laughs> what was I saying? I hope all of you sincerely um, took care of yourselves. And this upcoming month, you know, is a big month for holidays and families and all that kind of stuff. So just take Take care of yourself. Look after yourself. Prioritize your needs, please. Okay? Do it. <laughs> I love ya. Um, let's talk some goals really quick. So, as always, you know, every single week I come on here and I say, fam, we're blasting past our goals. And we're still doing it. Week after week after week after week. We're always blasting. Okay? <laughs> so this week we've blasted. 12.5 thousand is where we're at right now on TikTok. Woo! Um, so what I've kind of decided, uh, loosely <laughs> is that our next goal is going to be 15k. Uh, it's just, it's, it, it's always growing, like, I think I talked about it last week, you know, you think you get comfortable at like, oh, we're getting 25 followers a day, 50 followers a day, 100 followers a day, and now, last time I checked, it was like 150-ish followers every single day, so I just, it's so hard for me to like predict where we're gonna be, um, and I don't want to like jump ahead too much, um, I was gonna say and like put that amount of pressure on myself, but I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm always crumpling under the pressure that I put on myself anyway. So like, 
what does it matter? You know what I mean? This is all a silly, goofy joke called life. <laughs> so, sorry, that got dark. I didn't mean it in a dark way. It was supposed to be funny and lighthearted. I have a little Velcro thing here. Ooh. <laughs> Do you like that? ASMR. There you go. Um, okay. So 15,000 is the next goal, maybe by the end of the year. So basically, we have four more weeks left in the year. And we have 2.5. Am I doing math correctly? Two, two and a half plus two and a half is five. Yes. <laughs> so 2.5 thousand. Wow, is that it? I mean, that's a lot of people still, but that's closer than I thought that it w was. Uh, because we've been just, like, growing so fast, I was like, I don't know, like, four weeks to get to 5,000 seems kind of like a lot. Uh, wait, that, that math isn't mathing. Two, <laughs> hold on, rewind. Uh, two, hmm, <sighs> four weeks to get two and a half that let's do some real-time math okay i'm going to get this all right if it wasn't clear that math isn't my strong suit <coughs> you better be damn sure of that fact now two five zero zero divided by four weeks that means 625 followers per week which i think we can do i think we can do that uh that's crazy! We could be at 15,000 by the end of the year, and then we'll deal with what comes next after that. In January, that's a January Trisha problem. It's not a right now Trisha problem. It's, 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 it's something that I'm gonna think about later on, because <laughs> I can't mentally handle how quickly we're growing. So that's the update on the goals. Um... Yeah, we'll revisit in the new year, probably. I'm sure I'll have some other bullshit to tell you next week about goals and whatnot. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, the podcast has been growing a good amount, too. I think we're well on our way to 400 um, podcast followers. Um, so that's incredible. Thank you guys so, so much. If you feel inclined, you know, uh, share it out with your friends. You know? <laughs> share share the share the podcast give it a five-star review share the tiktok i've got a million billion on there because i'm just yappa yappa yapping all day long so there's a number there's a catalog that you can go through and you know if one resonates with you maybe share it with a friend i would appreciate it so 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 much thank you guys you you're the best you truly are the best um, also, just, like, this week has been really, really good for engagement, um, and questions and stuff from y'all. Sorry, I had to pause for a second because my stupid laptop is, like, <laughs> taking flight. You might have been able to hear that on the microphone, I don't know, but I was like, maybe, for once, I can just have a normal setup and, and, and have my microphone next to my laptop so it's easier for me to stop and go. But no, of course I can't do that. Eventually, maybe we'll have a normal setup here. <laughs> One day, a girl can dream. Anyway, that doesn't matter. What was I saying? Um, great engagement. <laughs> if you want to be a part of the wonderful community of weirdos, go on over to TikTok, huh? <laughs> Story of Trish on TikTok and 
feel free to, yeah, everyone's just been asking, like, really thoughtful questions and, um, had very, like, insightful things to say. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of that this week, just, like, going back and forth with people, with, um, the weirdos and answering questions and stuff, and there's just been, that's been really fun to engage with, and it's really, uh, been some very, like, thought-provoking content, so feel free to go on over there, check it out, like, I've got so many videos at this point, <laughs> take your pick, if there's one that resonates with you, feel free to drop me a question, um, and for the time being, I'm trying my best to, like, get back to everybody, um, on that, so I appreciate you if you've been engaging, or, or, you know, leaving feedback here on Spotify, I've seen a few people do that this week, and so that's really cool, thank you so much for doing that. Um, what was the other thing that I was going to say? Oh, yes, I remembered it. There's someone on TikTok who is impersonating me, and I don't, I am confused as to why it's happening this way, but there's someone, I think the username is at storyoftrish1, okay? So please be, beware of this. They're posting my, like, stealing my content and reposting it, but they're DMing people as if I'm a tarot reader, because that's, like, the scam that's happening on TikTok right now, um, which is not funny to scam people, but it's, like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm not a tarot reader. All I'm doing is talking about being autistic <laughs> on TikTok, and some, someone's stealing all that content and then trying to reach out to people and say, hey, I want to give you a special tarot reading or something to, like, scam people out of money. So it doesn't make any sense, and thankfully, it doesn't make sense because I've had people reach out to me and be like, hey, like, several, like, a, a lot of people have reached out to me to be like, hey, there's this, which I really, really appreciate people doing that. They're good looking out, um, but people, a bunch of people have messaged me and been like, hey, do you know this person is, like, stealing your content and your identity and trying to scam people? And I do know that. I am aware of that, unfortunately. This actually is, like, a kind of a big problem that's happening within TikTok right now, is TikTok is really not doing anything about these fake accounts, these, like, scam accounts. I don't know if there's, like, maybe they're working on something behind the scenes, some kind of new stipulation or clause in their agreement or something like that. But I know that it is, because I did report it, I finally was able to f have someone send me the account because they have me blocked, obviously, because they're stealing my content. Um, so they, they are, what was I saying? <laughs> God, I just literally lost my train of thought while I was speaking. I, they, I got their username, okay? Someone finally sent me the username like, a link to their page, because here's the problem, is I, I had the username, I tried to report it to TikTok, and they were basically like, no, you can't do that, you need to go to that user's page, use the report button, and then click, like, scam, like, fraud, pretending to be someone, which is one of their categories of, like, that goes against their user agreement, but I can't go to their page if they have me blocked, right? So I submitted, uh, what? I submitted several reports where, uh, I said that and, and I just kept getting like weird generic responses back to me that was like, 
yes, fraud is against our policies or something like that. Or like they would just copy and paste like the instructions on how to report someone. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I know that. But what I'm telling you is I can't report it because they have me blocked. I can't go to their page. But somehow someone sent me like whatever direct link that I needed in my DMs and I clicked on that and I wasn't able to, able to, like, see any of the content on their page, but I could at least use the report button that they were talking about. So, it has been reported in multiple ways to TikTok, but they're not doing anything about it. So, people are still, the page is still up, it's still active, people are still getting weird messages, and I just really hope that nobody's getting scammed because of that nonsense. It's very frustrating, but I, I actually have seen several other content creators talking about this specific issue that, I mean, I'm a small creator and it's happening to me, so I can't imagine on what scale it's happening to large creators on TikTok that have, like, a much larger following and, I don't know, scammers get real creative with the type of scams that they're running and stuff like that. So, anyway, just be safe. If anything seems too good to be true, it probably is. I do not have any other account accounts. I have tr I tried to post a video about it, but it seems a lot of my audience didn't see it. It didn't get pushed out to everybody, you know? So, uh, yeah, I do not have any other TikTok accounts. Um, that's the only one. At Story of Trish, I have an account for the podcast, but I barely use it at the moment. Um, yeah, it's just, there's, yeah, there's, it's not me, D block it, report it if you can. Some people have said that they could report it and others said that they couldn't. So just do what you can, keep yourself safe. There's so many scammers out there, it's very unfortunate, but just keep that in mind. Okay, sensory nightmare of the week. Um, I got a new tattoo this week, you guys, and I'm so excited about it. It just now, today, started getting a little itchy. I'm, like, getting to the itchy stage. I got it a couple days ago. It's a cute little snake that I got on my forearm. And I love it. I think it's so cute. And it's going to, like, tie in my, like, upper arm tattoo, which is, like, space um, into this, like, snake. I want to get some kind of, like, I don't know, uh, mystical kind of stuff. I like stars and moons and maybe some tarot cards or something to like kind of tie both of those areas of tattoos together. Um, I really, really like it. It's It was really fun. There's a tattoo shop that's pretty close to my house um, that often allow like walk-ins and they have some really cool artists there and stuff. I want to promote the, this shop, but I also feel that it's a little too close to my house for me to be doing that. <laughs> so I won't. <laughs> but it's a great shop. Um, I, mean, I think most of my listeners are not from where I live anyway, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, <laughs> great artist. Really good. Uh, yeah, great shop. Very, uh, very much support. <laughs> They often will do, like, flash sales and stuff, and I really like that kind of stuff, so, um, I kind of just went in and I was like, I want a snake, and he was like, cool, we can do that, <laughs> um, and it took everything in me to not get more tattoos today, because I saw, um, one of the other artists that I really like there was open for doing any kind of walk-in, last-minute kind of tattoos, but I was like, I don't need it, I can wait a little bit before I get more little stars and moons and things to put 
put together on there. But the sensory nightmare that I had this week was the bandaging process. So if you've gotten a tattoo before, you'll know that they almost always, you, I mean, I, I haven't really heard of any instance that they wouldn't do this, but they usually will bandage up your arm just to like, cause it, you know, it's technically a flesh wound, you know? So they'll like keep it bandaged, um, uh, for a period of time. So it depends on when you get it. But I think I went in like early evening kind of time. And so he's like, he like wrapped it in saran wrap, put some like, you know, ointment or whatever the, whatever the hell they put on there. Um, wrapped it, taped it, and then said, sleep with this on so it, so that your skin can kind of, like, form its own little protective barrier, then wake up in the morning, wash it really good, and then, you know, from there you're supposed to wash it, like, two or three times a day, put on just a small amount of, like, aquaphor or lotion or whatever you prefer for tattoo healing, but a lot of times they will ask you to keep on that bandage, for a while. Now, it has differed from artist to artist. I've had some artists that will be like, eh, just keep it on for, like, a couple hours if you can, and then some really think that the, like, wrapping method works very well to, like, start that healing process off right, and they'll say, like, keep it on overnight or whatever. And so I think the, the artist that I went to before this one was like, eh, just keep it on for, like, two or three hours, and um, this guy was like, definitely keep it on overnight. And so I was like, okay, um, sounds like that's really his preferred method. So I don't know if I've done that before, or maybe it's been a really long time since I did that kind of method. So I was like, okay, I'm going to keep it on overnight. And I knew it was going to be a sensory problem for me right from the get go. Um, cause the saran wrap itself is sticky, but sorry, trigger warning for like grossness here. Um, but I also bleed a lot. Like, I have a lot of fluid leakage when I get tattooed. I'm leaky. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just, like, a lot of, I, I do bleed, and there's, like, um, what am I trying to say? The, like, white blood cell, you know? The, what is that called? I almost said placenta. <laughs> no, the, you know, the, uh, what is it called? When you go into plasma, 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 we got there. <laughs> plasma. I leak a lot of like plasma and blood when I when I get tattooed. Okay, so so I had the saran wrap on my arm. I slept with it, and by the time so um for maybe like I don't know when it was, maybe six p.m. through ten p.m. It started to get a little squishy in there. I know, I'm sorry, this is so gross. But it started to get a little squishy in there. And then I did the best that I could to sleep with it on. I kept it on all, all night, but I woke up at like 6am and had to take it off because it was driving me crazy. And it wasn't like the, the, like the tape and stuff was sticky, but there was so much there was so much like goo underneath it that it was starting to like slip off on the edges also i i didn't think ahead about how gross this story would be i'm so sorry but um it was like moving up my arm on both ends anyway and so it was just kind of like getting caught on my pillow a little bit 
So I kept it on all night, but I did wake up at like 6.30 in the morning and had, I was just like, I must get this off of my skin right now. So I like went to the bathroom and then I honestly had like a moment of autistic panic because he taped it with the duct, 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 duct tape, the duct tape. Okay, it was, he rubbed it in duct tape. No, it wasn't duct tape. <laughs> it's not, I can't speak. I can't speak. It wasn't duct tape. It was the white kind. It was the, like, not painter's tape. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Trisha, what kind it was. It was that white tape, okay? Masking tape, that kind. I think. But he, he did it so good. He did it so good that I it was getting stuck. And I, like, couldn't... I, like, pulled the saran wrap down a little bit. And uh, thought that I could just rip it off with my awesomely huge muscles. And I couldn't. It got stuck. And so, imagine this. There's a... <laughs> There's a pool of just, like, ink and plasma and blood that's been stuck under saran wrap. Again, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's been stuck under saran wrap this whole time. It's just pooled on my arm. And so looking at that is making me ill. <laughs> that's gross. And it's wet, you know? So, like, the wetness on my arm was upsetting, deeply upsetting. And I just wanted to wipe it off, like, wash my arm and wipe it all off and clean it really good. But I, cu I couldn't, I was sitting there for a solid two minutes because this masking tape was on there so damn good that I couldn't rip it off just with my <laughs> hugely <laughs> enormous muscles. I couldn't get it off. So I had to go get some, like, scissors. It just was way too long of a process. You know what I mean? Have you ever been stuck in that type of situation where, like, it's the same thing that I talked about on here before, where, like, if someone unexpectedly shakes your hand or something, this is just maybe me and my issues, but sometimes if I'm not expecting to shake people's hands at, a, at, an, at an event, because <laughs> I'm going to events all the time, you know what I'm saying? If I leave the house and I'm not expecting to shake people's hands, and then I shake someone's hands, their multiple hands, all of their hands, I'm shaking everyone's hands, like a president, <laughs> kissing babies. I'm thinking about the germs, you know? And so, that happened, that's happened to me before. Oh, I think it was at the movies. I, like, handed the ticket taker my ticket, and they, like, overreached you know and like grazed my fingers in a way that I didn't anticipate and I couldn't stop thinking about just like because their hand was like kind of damp and sweaty too and so I had to go wash my hands you know what I'm saying it's like it, maybe it's all connected to wetness <laughs> as long as I'm prepared for 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 that for the sweaty handshake or the sweaty arm, or whatever I'm talking about, the goop-covered arm, I just wasn't, I don't know why, but I wasn't ready for that, I wasn't prepared for that, and then it's, I'm just sitting there with, like, that sensation, that, and, and all, my, my brain is screaming at me to get it off, you know? Have y'all, I'm sure that had to, that's had to have happened. For all of y'all, again, another, like, trigger warning, but it's, like, the, also the same thing if you have a pet, so many of us have 
animals and they just puke sometimes and then when you're picking it up if you accidentally touch it then you're like ah i have to immediately run to the bathroom and wash my hands really well because that's gross and that's an a sensory experience that i didn't i wasn't ready for that you know so that's how this felt um and that was (laughs) that was deeply upsetting took me a minute to calm down even after i had washed it all off i was like that was just like the icky gave me the heebie-jeebies for a second so anyway and i know that there's um it might be an there's like that second skin stuff that you can get it's like it's like a big sticker bandage type thing i don't know what type of material that is and if it holds in the liquids in the same way that saran wrap does i don't know but maybe that's a better option but i haven't tried that thus far so anyway, that was, that was disgusting and disturbing. Hyperfixation of the week. Um, we'll, uh, let's keep going on tattoos. I really want a bunch of tattoos now. But this is really what I do is like, I'll wait a little bit and get another tattoo. And then once I get one, I want all of them. You know, I'll get one and then I'm like, should I go back in tomorrow? Yeah, maybe I should just go back in tomorrow and get, you know... <laughs> every other space in my body covered in tattoos because that was so fun um so I I did get kind of hyper fixated on it and I started I planned out different areas quadrants of my body and like the theme (laughs) that I want them to loosely follow I'm not going to be super strict about it so I was talking to the girls about this I don't really care about the tattoos on my body. Like, I do like all of them, and I do care about them. But I think maybe because I'm autistic and I've struggled with anxiety pretty severely, I find that it's actually better if I think less about it. And that seems counterintuitive, and maybe it is. But some of my favorite tattoos have been very impulsive tattoos. You know? Like... I guess it's all, uh, and me, uh, it's like trusting my gut more is actually the thing. You know what I mean? Because I've, on some of my first few tattoos, I was so scared that I think I overthought them. And I do love all of my tattoos still today, like even the very first ones that I got. But I think if I were to go back and like redo them, I would just think less about it. <laughs> you know, like act on instinct, I think. Instead of having I think there's a, a lot of pressure for people to get things that are like really cool and aesthetically pleasing and like high concept and stuff like that. And if you can pull that off, I think that's great and wonderful. But I personally don't think I can. I don't think I have the capacity to uh, pull that off. So, I've I've overthought it. You know what I mean? Like, my first one, again, I do like all of them, but there are some changes that I probably would make. Like, one of my first ones that I got, the one, the first forearm tattoo that I got was, like, a tree. I, like, went in and I had this whole concept, you know what I mean? And I was probably 18 when I got it. Um, so that's a long time ago at this point. But I went in and I was like, yeah, I want this, like... I want this tree and I want it to be like swooping, like wrapping around my arm. It was just too much. Like just a tree is fine. Also, Trisha, like just a plain tree. There's nothing wrong with that. 
And I do, like, um, it sounds like I'm convincing myself at this point that I do like it. I do. I, I think it's cute. I don't think I would have done the wrapping thing. Like, I was so, uh, insistent on it, like, twisting around my arm a little bit. Which I think he even saved me for myself on that one. Because it doesn't do that much twisting, you know? <laughs> I think it would have looked goofier had he listened to my fi- uh, I was gonna say 15. No, I was 18. I didn't get any- I, uh, <sighs> I didn't get any tattoos until I was 18. And legally able to do so. <clears throat> but- I, uh, the artist that I was going to at the time, um, he was very kind. And there wasn't anything that I asked for that he was like, no, Trisha, I'm not going to do that. But he did give me suggestions, and I think he saved me a little bit on that one from having, like, a goofy-ass tattoo later on. But anyway, so now I'm kind of in this place where I'm like, I want... To fill in a bunch of places that I've always wanted to get more tattoos and make some of my old pieces kind of flow better into some newer ones. You know, just make it a little bit more co cohesive. Cohesive is the word that I was looking for. So, that has been my hyperfixation. I, I was, a, you know, I was a little anxious at some points this week. And as we've talked about before, sometimes when I get even just a little bit anxious, I have a hard time sleeping because I'm just bad at sleeping. And so I like, I remember I woke up at like 530 in the morning uh, and there was also one night that I couldn't sleep until like 3am. And so I just created like a whole folder of like, okay, this is what I want to go on my left leg. These are the types of things I want to go on my right leg. And then the same thing with the arms. And I like made a little, um note uh note it's just called a note I was gonna say notepad <laughs> what's going on with me today um note I made a note in the notes app on my phone <laughs> of specific things that I want like um yeah just things related to my personality or like things that I've liked for a long time or like my whole life like you know, I'm a creative writer, so I kind of want to get some, like, books and maybe some candles and tea. You know what I mean? A little, little gothy bookworm area. And then also, um, space. <clears throat> I think I just made a really weird noise with my throat and I'm not going to cut it out. <laughs> the, the, what? Space. I want to get space and, like, some silly looking aliens, I think, and maybe like a blaster, you know, a little zapper. I've thought about getting like a pinup girl in a spacesuit. I think that could be cool, but I don't know where I would put that because I'm already kind of running out of space on that area. So we'll see. I may just have to do little tiny ones from there. And if I decide I want that maybe uh, maybe it could go on my back or something I don't know we'll see we'll see when the time comes but anyway so that was a hyperfixation <sighs> that was a hyperfixation for me this week um I just really wanted to get it planned out I guess it's that's one of those things that I've realized is like such an autistic trait such an autistic thing 
um, to wake up, the head springs off the pillow at 3 a.m. And I'm like, I must, I must figure this out. I must plan out every single tattoo that I'm going to get from now until the day that I die. Why? I don't know. But we have the information now. <laughs> I have a game plan, that's for sure. Um, other hyperfixations. I just started a new game. Uh, it's like a JRPG. Very similar to like Final Fantasy-ish. But I think it's more like mystical, magical, spacey kind of vibes. Um, it's called Sea of Stars. I just started that. Um, I think that's one where I can pretty much tell that I'm going to get really invested in it. So I kind of haven't uh, di dove, dived into it full force yet this week. But I think that's going to be a long one. Because most of those, like, uh, JRPG-type games are pretty intense. Like, you can invest usually, like, hundreds of hours into it. It's like a turn-based kind of thing. Um, so I started it a little bit, but didn't get too, too crazy into it. But it, it's, I like it a lot so far. Music is really cool. The reviews were incredible, which is why I bought it. Um, if you get it on PlayStation, you can get a pretty big discount on it right now, which is where I got it. And it's very colorful and fun. Great music. Um, a lot of people had great feedback on the story, so very excited for that. Um, and One Direction. <laughs> I love One Direction. If y'all didn't know, I don't know how much I've talked about on the podcast. I'm a big Harry stan. I love Harry Styles. <laughs> I love him. Um, I've seen him twice in concert. In concert, I went to see Harry Styles and it was wonderful. It was great. One, one time I went to LA when I was coming back from London and I got like seats in the like bowl. And I don't know if I'd ever do that again because I was, I, it felt really far away. Um, and the first time that I saw him was with a friend. We went to Seattle, uh, Tacoma and got pit tickets and that was incredible, life-changing, fabulous, fantastic. Um, so I think it's one of those things that it's like, once you've been that close, you're like, I don't ever want, why would I want to be all the way back there when he looks like a little ant, little ant dancing around in his sparkly little jumpsuit, you know? But anyway, during the pandemic, I became like a big Harry. And, um, if you didn't know that, that's what Harry, <laughs> Harry Styles fans have named the fandom Harry's. So if you like Harry Styles, you are a Harry. <laughs> Maybe not the best thing we've ever come up with. Hey, I didn't come up with it. I just joined later on. 2020, <clears throat> when I started like unmasking, really, I got really into Harry Styles and became a Harry and a Directioner. See, that makes more sense. Directioner, One Direction, Directioner. Um, and I've just been on every once in a while. I'm like, I gotta hear, you're insecure, don't know what for. <laughs> so I just get, I just get into it. Um, they really had some bangers, you know what I mean? I can't, I think I was a little bit too old to be like into them when they were a, that was like a boy band craze. I think that was a little too old for me. Um, no, I was a little too old for that. 
but it's fun but it's fun <laughs> to to listen to the songs and stuff i would have been yeah i also was like because i think most of the like teenage girls that were really into it i was just like a f- couple years older i was like in my early-ish 20s maybe when that was happening so it was just like a little bit too old for me you know what i mean it probably wasn't who cares but I definitely would have been way too, like, no, there's no way that I like One Direction. I'm too, <laughs> I'm in my early 20s and I'm smoking cigarettes. And I'm listening to hardcore music. <laughs> to impress boys who are d- disgusting and smelly and they don't even like me. <laughs> I could have been a Directioner, who cares, you know? But anyway, if you're not listening to One Direction, I, I think you should. I think you should, I think... Everyone should listen to more just, like, silly bubblegum pop music sometimes. And I believe that. I think that's good for the soul, I think. To just dance around and sing silly little songs. Stop taking ourselves so seriously, you know what I mean? Okay, what's next? What am I... Where am I at here? Stim of the week? Yeah, no, uh, uh, sorry, let's go back. Critical Role. (laughs) I got a little bit farther on Critical Role. (laughs) Now we can move on. (laughs) I'm on episode 69, perhaps? (laughs) 69, I think, of Critical Role. I'm kind of working through that at the moment. I think that's all I have to say about that. It's getting really interesting, really crazy. Mm, Maybe I shouldn't... uh, Yeah, I definitely don't want to, like, get to... If you know the story, then you know it. And for people who don't know it, I don't want to spoil it because it's such a thick lore, you know? Um, stim of the week. I got sick this week and got my period, so my physical stim bar has been very low, but that's okay. We'll get back into the gym next week. I went on several walks this week because I just felt like that's all that I could really do. But that's okay. We're respecting our body and we're not pushing ourselves to do things that feel like they're they're going to cause more harm than good. So, oh my god, it's so cute. <laughs> Navi has decided that Miri's bed is now her bed. So, and they're about the same size. Miri is only like 17 pounds as a little Boston Terrier. She's actually kind of small for a Boston Navi is is a large cat. She's pretty well on the large. I've definitely seen larger cats than her, but she like she she's fitting in this bed the exact same way that Miri fits in the bed, and it's so cute. It's so adorable. <laughs> she must. She loves Miri. She the thing with Navi is she pretends like she doesn't like anyone, including me. That's the thing that so many people don't understand. Is they meet her and she, like, hisses at them or she, like, doesn't want to be pet by them or come near them. And they take that personally. And I'm like, she does that to me, too. She likes me one second and then the next second she's like, get away from me. (laughs) I can't stand you for one more second. Really, truly, is that, it's that extreme sometimes where I'll be like, she'll be begging me to pick her up and pet her. And then I will. And then she'll just start, like... (laughs) (laughs) like yelling at me sorry she didn't like that noise that I was just making but she's being very cute just laying in this bed anyway 
Yeah, so I've just been a little low energy this week because I was sick and just with like a cold and uh, it also started snowing here so that hasn't been super enjoyable to go on walks and Miri hates that so I can't walk her and but we got out of the house a few times this week to just kind of get out get some fresh air move the body and and that's okay that that's all that I was kind of able to do wasn't able to get to the gym um I don't know why but a vocal stim so I've been finding other ways to stim is what I'm trying to say like through video games and through music and through like singing um I'm 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 always singing a little tune or doing something making some kind of noise with my mouth constantly around the house and so, um, for some reason, I got, um, what is the song called from, from The Little Mermaid? Hold on, it'll come to you. Part of your world. You know, uh, how does that go? I'm trying to think of it. Because it was really stuck in my head. But I couldn't remember the lyrics very well. I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see I'm dancing walking around on those, what do you call them? That whole thing. I don't know why. I must have seen a TikTok or something because it was driving me insane. I literally was screeching this around my house all week, but it just felt very good as like a vocal stim. Just a little goof singing Disney at the top of her lungs. I, I have noticed that some of those are like really some of the funnest songs to sing when you can like put on a character like a character voice you know you know what's the other one um that i really like um from aladdin um how does that one go hold on i'll think of it world a whole new world why is it all worlds <laughs> a whole new a dazzling place I never knew. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. The, Di the Disney princess voice. I'm too embarrassed to do it right now. But sometimes I just do the most obnoxious over the top Disney princess voice. You know like Cinderella or something like that. Because I think it's fun. It's funny to do. And it like there's something satisfying about it in the vocal cords to do like a very over the top kind of character i like that so do that more be weird <laughs> be weird with your characters at home you know okay what's what is the next segment on my show silly little things that made me angry for no apparent reason did I get all the stuff in the last... This is part of my obsessive stuff, is I have to, like, read and reread my notes to make sure I didn't miss a single word. Okay, I feel good that we can move on. <clears throat> okay, here's the thing. So, I am going to post... By the time this episode comes out tomorrow, I will have posted a video about um, parasocial stuff. Um, which I'm very interested to see how that goes and if other, if people have questions or comments about that. This is the second video that I've posted about parasocial stuff and the second episode that I've talked about it in. Now that doesn't make me angry. 
what does make me angry is when people i just don't understand this mentality when people find creators like there's creators that i that are my friends on tiktok that i think they're great and they have so much they're so funny and intelligent and they've got so much to offer and the nature of tiktok is just like when you post on there enough some of your stuff will you know blow up a little bit that just happens over time unexpectedly and it's never the video that you think it's going to be okay so sometimes when that happens an influx of negative comments come with it and what frustrates me about that is not the negative like not necessarily the negative comments because that's kind of expected but it's the comments that think that they know you so this i'm not going to say any names because i don't want anybody to be uncomfortable but a friend of mine who's another creator on TikTok posted a video that I thought was very funny. A lot of other people thought were ve- was very funny. But it was a very, sh- it was like a 10 second clip that she posted. And all these people were commenting on it like they know her, you know? Like giving her unsolicited advice, telling her oh my gosh, this is what I would have done, this is what I, oh great, this is your, because there are other people in the video, and so she's like, people are assuming a lot about her relationship with the other people in the video, and stuff like that, and it's like, you don't know this person, you don't know the dynamic, you don't know anything, you've literally watched a 10 second clip that has no context on it at all, and that happens constantly, where like all types of other people who I know on TikTok are making similar content and a lot of times it's just for the joke and there's just like a flood of people and it happened to me too on on several videos where um like the one the one that I think is the biggest on my page right now so many people were honestly like berating me for going to therapy for 12 years so many people were really negative and were like oh, great, wasted 12 years worth of money on that, what a scam, or, like, shaming me and being, like, why would you go to therapy for 12 years if it wasn't totally giving you all the tools that you need, and so I'd made another video about that where it's, like, you have to realize that not everyone has access to, like, the best professionals in mental health, you know, so I took what I could get. I live in an isolated area. You got to understand that. There's not super highly trained specialists and stuff like that but also like you don't know my life that was like a six minute long video but that's six minutes of me that's not my life you know like it's not my life condensed I'm talking about one single subject and in most of that video I'm talking about a strategy that I have used that I have come up with that helps me with my mental health and so many people were just like assuming a lot about me and about my history my medical history lots of people came to that video to diagnose me (laughs) I'm like are you serious and people are doing that I mean six minutes is nothing but still at least it was six minutes and people were like thought that they knew me or had some sort of idea about me and my my mental state or whatever but literally like my friend posted something that was 10 seconds long and there were so many nasty assumptions that I saw on there and I was just like that's just not okay so I recorded a video today talking about this because 
I don't know what to do about it, I guess, other than, like, respect like, own, as a content consumer, I guess, own my own piece of the puzzle and make sure that I am, I guess, addressing it with my audience a little bit, but also, like, just holding myself accountable for the ways that I engage with the creators that I like, you know, maybe leading by example. I don't know. I really don't know the answer because the internet is the wild west and there's really no regulation to be had, so it seems. But I just think, I kind of wish that more creators, and maybe I'll eat these words later and take it back, I don't know. But at the moment, being a small creator, how I feel, and especially, I think this plays into, yeah, it definitely does because in the video that I'm going to post, I talked specifically about autism and hyperfixations and obsessive behavior and parasocial relationships and all of that that I do think particularly uh, relates to autism and neurodivergent people and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so, what was I saying? I think, I think what we, what I would like to see is more creators, um, I was gonna, how do I word this? Like, I guess, I guess this is, I think it's okay to say holding your audience accountable, I guess. Because what I don't like, what I don't like is, especially as it relates to women, female creators on the platform or any platform, I think there's a lot of weight and responsibility put on female creators that, that, that we should just put up with nasty behavior. That people can assume a lot of things on uh, about us based on the way that we speak and the way that we look and how much makeup we're wearing and our femininity love, our perceived femininity love. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much that is assumed about women in particular. And I don't know if I've said this before, but I'm gonna say it now. <laughs> My audience on TikTok, last time I checked, is 80% women. It used to be 75, it's 80% women now. So that means only 20% of my audience are men. And for some reason, I feel like NBs are not accounted for. Or maybe TikTok doesn't appropriately allow you to identify or something like that. But those are the statistics that I've seen. Or maybe it's like 80% women, 20... No, 80% women, 18%, you know, and then like 2% NBs or something. I don't know. But... It is a much, significantly smaller percentage of men that interact, that, that are following me, okay? You would never know that based on the comments that I get on my page. Um, men are quite vocal about my content. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But truly, I believe if someone went to my page and had no idea what the spread of followers was, my demographic was, I think you would think that it's a lot of men. Because I get a lot of comments. And a lot of... I have gotten, unfortunately, since I started doing this, I have gotten a lot of, like, presumptuous comments from men that assume a lot about me or my nature or my mental health or, or this or that. And I just don't think, I'm not saying that it's all men that are doing that. Definitely there's been women in there as well or people that I don't know that I can't identify or whatever. 
that I'm making assumptions about on my end too, which also, you know, maybe I should check myself. I'd have to go to every single person's page and see if they have their preferred pronouns listed. Pronouns. But anyway, um, my point is, whether it's men or women or whoever, people are making assumptions about you. And I do think it's not my responsibility to handle that for my viewers, for my audience. I don't think I should have to put up with bad behavior or inappropriate behavior behavior or behavior that crosses the line simply because I exist as a creator online. I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. I think I really wish that more creators were talking about this kind of thing because I think it is the responsibility of the person consuming the content as long as they're an adult, you know what I mean? to be held accountable for the way that you're interacting with other people's content. And I think that includes going to someone's video, watching a 10 second video, thinking that you know everything about them, and then saying something that could be harmful to that creator. That person's a human being and they have emotions, they have feelings, they have a whole life history that you don't know about. So if you decide to just say something on a whim, you don't know if that could like really damage someone's day or you don't, maybe they're in a really fragile spot and you just like sent them spiraling. You know what I mean? I think the people who are doing the commenting, it's the same thing that I've heard before and I've said before a million times is like in therapy, your therapist will teach you that like you are not responsible for other people's emotions. The person who holds the emotion is the one that's responsible for it. So I'm not responsible to correct, you know what I mean? I, I, like, uh, I was thinking of an example. Some guy said some nasty thing on that same video that I'm talking about. He said, oh man, I really wish that I could, I mean, I guess it's a good sign that I don't remember what he said. (laughs) Good for me. Um, he came on my video and said something, oh, he was commenting about my appearance. No, it was, it wasn't on the, biggest video, it doesn't matter. It was on a different video where I was talking about the type of attention that I often get from men, which is I am often perceived as looking a little bit younger than I am. I think, I personally think that I look my age, but whatever, I get perceived as younger, um, often. And so, um, yeah. So I was just asking about that, like if other people had had that experience, what what demographics are are y'all attracting? Because I'm getting either people that are younger than me or I'm getting like way older men and that's, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't know what to do about that. I'd like to get closer to my age range. Someone I think also was like, one of the first comments I got on that video was someone like, oh my god, so picky. And I was like, huh? <laughs> Is that what you got from this? So picky. I'm almost 35. And I basically said, I'm cool with like, you know, several years in either direction of 35. I'm also bisexual. What's, what, what are you saying, picky? You know what I mean? (laughs) My age range is pretty open. All I said in that video is like, I'm not looking to date someone who's like, 24 and I'm not necessarily looking to date someone who's like 50. So what are you talking about that I'm being too picky? (laughs) Uh, Anyway. (laughs) 
just want age appropriate. I just want age. That's not that much to ask. It's like, I just want an age appropriate relationship. Is that okay with you? Goddamn. Um, but someone else commented on that same video and was like, um, he was like, oh, I can't remember how he worded it, but it was rude. It was basically like, you dress like an old lady. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't actually. I love my style. But what was your goal with that comment? You know what I mean? Like, those are the ones that I don't get. I'm like, why are you going to someone like, or someone will say, some some girl came to another video and was saying that I have a big forehead, which maybe I kind of do. That's cool. I like it. <laughs> you know? She said I should go back to bangs. And I, for some reason, responded to it because it got to me. And it was, I was just like, no, I like my hairstyle. Maybe be a better person. I didn't say that. But I said, like, do better is what I said. And then she responded something, like, something back, like, do better with that haircut. And I was like, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> but damn, like, I don't get that. I don't get that mentality of like really wanting to like ruin someone else's day. I don't understand the mentality of going to someone's page being like, you're ugly. <laughs> you have a bad haircut. You have bad style. Sorry, no offense. What? Yeah, you 100% did mean offense. The guy that said I had bad style, I was like, what was your goal with that comment? And he responded like, sorry, it was like a, I'm not trying to be rude. It was like a 6 a.m. comment. And I'm like, you are responsible for what you say to other people. It's not my fault that I'm getting upset because someone's insulting me personally. That's I'm not a bad person for getting upset because someone called me ugly or said that my style is bad or something like that. You know? I was able to be like, I don't agree with those statements. I think that I have good style and I like my, I think my hair is one of the best features about me. Honestly, TBH. But why is it like that? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It's like, why is it my responsibility to handle you being a, a, a nasty person? Be a better person, you know? <laughs> so it's like, that, that upset me. That made me angry this week where I'm like, I just don't, why, where is the talks like that? Where are the people, and I get why people aren't doing it. I, in the other, um, podcast that I touched on this subject, I think a lot of it is because women were afraid of retaliation. If I say, hey, this guy commented some, like, weird shit on my video and it made me uncomfortable, people are going to be like, well, shouldn't be posting yourself on the internet then. That's just how it goes. And it's like, I get that some people are just unhinged or whatever and you can't control the whole of the internet. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with holding people accountable. I was talking to my therapist about that this week where I was like, I don't know. Like, it is, it has been an issue with me. If you want to see specifically what I'm referring to, you can go to my TikTok and see the video that I posted about parasocial behavior and where I told a sp very specific story that happened to me this last week that was upsetting to me. And I talked to my therapist and I was like, is, is this wrong? Is this bad for me to talk about? I feel like I'm complaining or people are just going to be like, oh, boo-hoo you. 
someone who has a platform, even if it's like a small platform, you you do have a platform and you're privileged, so you're complaining about it or whatever. And I, those two things are not interconnected, you know what I mean? I can have a small platform and be extremely grateful for it and try to use it as responsibly as I possibly can, which I plan to do. I'm trying to do every day. And the same, at the same time, two things can exist at the sa- in the same timeline, you know? I can also be a human being who doesn't put up with nasty behavior or inappropriate behavior. You know what I mean? I just wish that was more normalized for people to be able to talk about this and be like, hey, I shouldn't have to put up with this behavior. No one should have to put up with the, that kind of behavior from their audience, you know, I just, I really don't get that. I don't get it. I don't think I ever will that, that creators or anybody, you know what I mean? Imagine, imagine a world (laughs) where you went to the grocery store and someone just walked up to your face and they were like, your forehead is huge, dude. (laughs) Your forehead's huge and your style sucks. I'd be like, I'd probably start crying and I'd be like, that's so mean. That's so rude. Why would you say that to me? That's terrible. My, you've ruined my week. You've ruined my day. <laughs> so it's like, why is it acceptable online? And why shouldn't I say, hey, hey, don't treat people like that online. You know, I understand. And that's what I talked about in this video that I was saying like, parasocial behavior is kind of inevitable, you know? It's unavoidable because we're human beings programmed with feelings and thoughts and emotions and that's just how we are. We're trained biologically to, uh, yeah, to to connect with other people's faces and read their emotions and their body language and all that kind of stuff. So it's very natural and normal to, like, see someone's content and connect with them in an emotional way but there has to be some level of cognizance there there's got to be some level of um awareness self-awareness where you can say like this is the appropriate way for me to interact with creators I like and this is not an appropriate thing for me to do you know it's appropriate for me to say hey nice shirt love your content you know supporting you or whatever. It's not okay to assume that you know anything about that person on a deep level. Make comments about how, what they should do with their life, what types of relationships they have. You know what I mean? I just don't think that's okay. And so my current stance on it, which may change, is that I want, I think I want to keep talking about this kind of thing when it feels appropriate. And also just bring up the fact that I am not infallible to my audience. You know what I mean? I am literally not anyone. I'm not, I haven't been trained in mental health stuff. I'm someone who literally found out that they were autistic months ago. And I'm just sharing my insight with y'all about that. But like the video that's on my TikTok, this person specifically and repeatedly wanted my advice, wanted me to help them resolve a very personal issue, which I can't do. I'm not qualified to do that. And y'all should not be trusting me (laughs) with something like that. 
I'm, it sounds like I'm joking and I'm laughing, but I'm so serious. I'm so dead serious. I am a nobody who knows nothing about anything. You know what I mean? So let's not put that kind of pressure (laughs) on ourselves or on just a rando on the internet. You know what I mean? I, I think it's so cool and beautiful that people do connect with my content in some way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? But, um, definitely don't put all your faith in me. (laughs) Like, it's, it's so great and awesome and sweet if, if there's something that I have said that you have connected with or it has connected with your journey or something like that. That's wonderful and I'd love to engage with that type of thing, you know? But when it becomes, uh, extreme, when it becomes beyond just like a shared moment in a video or you know a shared sentiment or something like that where we're like oh yeah I I get what you're putting down or whatever and now it becomes I want this person specifically this person to intervene in my life in some way or you know what I mean I'm just not I'm just not qualified you know I'm just not qualified for that and I And that's a separate thing is like, I totally understand why people would be like, hey, I'm going through this really difficult thing and it's like natural to want advice. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not qualified to give. The last thing that I would ever want to do, the worst thing that I could possibly do is give people advice that ends up harming them. You know what I mean? So that is what I want to avoid at all costs is harming my audience. That's the worst possible thing that I could possibly do. So I just I just want to stay away from that sort of thing. And that's that's one side. That's a separate issue. The other separate issue is a parasocial thing becoming too extreme. Like crossing a line of not just connecting with a message or a sentiment or a feeling, an emotion or whatever, but then having some kind of expectation or maybe a hyperfixation or something is going a little bit too far, so someone's crossing a line and the type of interaction or the type of reaching out and feedback and stuff that they're doing is extreme or their expectations are just making me feel uncomfortable or the things that, yeah, the thi- yeah, the things that they're expecting from me are making me feel uncomfortable. That's what I detailed in the video, so you can go watch that if you want to, but ultimately it led to me like blocking this person on TikTok and that made me really sad. That made me really sad. I didn't want to have to do that to someone who seemed like they were enjoying the community and the content a lot but I do have to protect myself. You know I need to feel safe and comfortable and the amount of like pressure that this person was putting on the expectation that he and I were going to interact in some way was unsettling and made me uncomfortable. And I just, maybe I've said it too many times in this episode already, but like, I just don't think that creators should have to put up with being put in circumstances that make them feel super uncomfortable like that. Like even a comment, like I'm saying the the bad hair comment or the big forehead comment or whatever. Yeah, it made me feel bad for a little bit, but like I forgot about it and I moved on with my day. This is a whole different level of of interaction that's very not okay. 
You shouldn't be mean to anyone on in, on the internet. I've said that before, and I'll say it again. Don't be mean to people on the internet, period, at all. And I don't think any of the weirdos are doing that. You know? But, but anyway. That just made me frustrated, especially when I saw it done to other people who I admire on TikTok. And I was just like, man, I just don't get that mentality. I could never, couldn't be me, couldn't be me. The person that goes to someone else's video, sees 10 seconds of their life, and then assumes a lot about their mental state, the, the status of their relationships, and, you know, what I mean, a lot about that person's life and stuff like that. Couldn't be me. I don't think that's okay to be doing, so that made me kind of frustrated. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, we're already a little bit over an hour right now, so probably going to zoom through these last little bits. What's she anxious about now? I'm, I'm, clo I'm closing in on three years single, so I've been thinking about that a lot lately and what that means to me. Maybe we'll revisit this in another episode. Um, yeah, I have good days and bad days. Today I feel pretty good about it couple days ago, I wasn't feeling great about it. I just also, I've said this before, I also live in a pretty isolated area. And so, like, the access that I have to people who I think could be potential really good partners for me is very limited, you know? Like, dating apps don't really work <laughs> where I live. Because <laughs> it's just a small, small pool of people to, to you know, opportunities for romance and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I think I've just been reflecting on almost three years single. And that is, that feels a little bit weird. You know, I flip-flop some days. I'm like, I feel like a strong, independent woman. And I'm just going to focus on myself and keep working on my own goals. And then other days, it's lonely, you know? But that's just, a, that's just being a human. I also, you know, like, live by myself in an isolated area. You know what I mean? I know, so I've seen some other people commenting stuff like that where it's like, if you, if you already live around a bunch of other people or maybe live in, like, if that's kind of your thing, because that is my thing, that I'd like to live in a city and be around a bunch of other people and probably not live alone and stuff so that's just I that, that's just one thing I've kind of identified isn't great isn't great a great situation for me to be too isolated for too long that gets me a little stir crazy so anyway just been thinking about that I'll probably think about that more in the upcoming months and maybe we'll have a deeper chat about that um socially problematic I kind of I kind of talked about this in a way in the last segment, but I really don't think that I could have handled... I talked about this last week a little bit too, but in a different way, I think I'm talking about it. I couldn't have handled the responsibility, I think, of a platform or the pressure of it at any younger of an age. I've been thinking about that a little bit this week that like... I was so fragile and scared and still healing so much. I had so much anger. I was putting way too much weight in what other people thought. The, the forehead comment 10 years ago would have broken me, dude. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. I probably would have, like, deleted, just thrown my 
phone in the trash and never got on on the internet again. <laughs> you know, I just really couldn't have handled it. Um, but I just want to take this super seriously, you know? Like, I, it is a major privilege to have any kind of platform, and I want to take that super seriously. So, also, you know, kind of similarly to that subject that we kind of already went over, I just feel like it's my job to be responsible and serving y'all stuff that I know know to be true. <laughs> like, what am I trying to say? I just don't want to, I don't want to just say anything for the sake of saying stuff. You know what I mean? I don't have a platform so that I can just yell into the ether. You know? Like, I always want to say stuff that has heart and thought and intention good intention, I think. I hope. I try behind it. So, if it ever feels like I'm not, I'm, gi I'm, I'm giving the power back to you as the viewer, I think, is what I want to do. In saying all of this stuff from this episode, I just feel like I deserve to be called out if I'm not serving y'all in a way that I should. If I'm not using my platform responsibly, I should be called out. You know, I give you permission to call me out and not follow me anymore if if I'm not doing something that aligns with what we're trying to do here as weirdos. You know what I mean? So just hold, you, you're allowed to hold me accountable as well. <laughs> and you should. You absolutely should. Anyway, revelation of the week. Um, it's just a message. I, I did a video about this, so this is another thing that you can uh, watch me yap about on TikTok if you want to see an in-depth thing about that. But I was listening to um, Anthony Padilla's uh, chat with Ludwig, and I have a timestamp on here at 41 minutes. It's not that people don't care, it's the gap. This is not what they said, but this is what I said. It's not that people don't care, it's the gap of technology and words and the dehumanization of it all. I was never allowed not to care. So, I know that sounds like a jumble of words, but let me make sense of it. Um, I feel like I was never allowed not to care about everything. Partially because of my autism. Part And, you know, hyper-empathy and CPTSD and growing up just having to be super hyper-aware of my surroundings and people around me and emotions and all that stuff. For, for my own mental health and safety and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, yeah, I never felt like I was given the ability to not care. So, this is a hard lesson that I've learned um, in relation to all this online talk that we've been doing this episode. Um... <clears throat> A, le a huge, massive, difficult lesson that I've had to learn is, ob kind of has to do with object permanence. When someone, because Anthony was saying, sometimes he has a hard time getting online creators to show up to his show. And he's a massive creator, right? But it's, it's the dehumanization of technological advancement. A message comes into your inbox and it's just a number, and it's just some text. And so people, he was just saying that people, it's not like people are looking at that and they're going, ah, screw Anthony, <laughs> you know? Like, of course not. They're just seeing, like, a thing. 
a weird thing that isn't a person in their inbox. And so I've taken all that kind of stuff. It's It was actually such an enlightening thing that I talked with my therapist about. And this whole episode was actually so... Um, if you listen to Anthony's episode with Ludwig, I thought it was actually so, so insightful. They got into some really deep subjects and I appreciated that from the perspective of two neurotypical, seemingly neurotypical men who are huge creators and stuff to like talk about, uh, and also in such a casual way. Cause they were just like, oh yeah, of course people see the message and that doesn't have anything to do with me. That's just a message. And for some reason, just hearing that from them, I was like, that's what it is. You know, like it took me, I think because of my autism and stuff, I was just, I just, I care a lot about every single message that I receive to an extreme. If people message me in the middle of the night, this is why I I turn my phone on silent. Um, or like do not disturb so that I because if I hear it I will respond to it because I feel a deep responsibility to respond to people immediately. I know I'm gonna have to figure out something with my comments on my TikTok because I do the same thing with that and I can't I simply cannot be responding to comments all day every day you know what I mean? (laughs) It's just not healthy for me to be doing that. It's not the best use of my time. Always you know? But I like doing that. I wish that I did have more time to do that because I see really meaningful comments all the time and wish that I could respond personally to every single one of them. But that's just not realistic, unfortunately. Um, but on the opposite end of that, I have taken it extremely personally when I send a message to someone, I reach out to someone and I either don't get a response at all or I don't get a response right away. And my, because of my rejection sensitivity, I immediately am like, that person doesn't like me. They hate me. I've done something wrong. They're mad at me. But it's just not about you. And that brought me actually so much comfort to think of it like that. Like, number one, they're probably living their life. So they'll get to it when they can get to it. That was a humbling thing for me to put into perspective and how obvious is that you know what I mean I don't know why it took me so long to think of that but then the second one was also this weird dehumanization and object permanence thing that comes with a notification and a message that's just some text and I thought that was actually so insightful I don't know why I mean I'm not surprised that these two guys are insightful at all um but I think the casualness in the way that they just kind of are like, oh yeah, people just see a notification and they're not thinking about you as a person. Like they so easily, they were so, I was so impressed with their ability to immediately detach the personal piece of it from the message. Because that's the thing that I've struggled with my entire life is like, every message does feel like a human being to me. So to hear that, it's possible that a lar- a largely the neurotypical society, neurotypical society at large, <laughs> doesn't see it that same way. That they look at a message as just a message and not a person behind it. And not, not because they're trying to be cruel, but because that's just the nature of technology. You know what I mean? And gamifying our brains and shit like that. 
that brought me so much comfort to be like, oh my god, it's so not even about me. It's so not about me. So I don't, you know, whatever ends up happening with that message that I sent, that's okay. That's cool. Either they'll get it to it when they get to it or they won't. And that's also cool. And that's fine. And that doesn't say anything about me. It's so not personal. It doesn't have any, you know, actual effect on my life. Is actually so freeing. I don't know if other people can relate to that, but that was my revelation of the week for sure. Okay, love you guys. I'm gonna end it here. Talk to you next week. It feels like I haven't talked to you all in like three weeks, so I feel like I've been like <laughs> this whole episode. So sorry about that, but not sorry. That's why you're here. Here we are. That's why you're here, right? Because I can't. I can't. I'm hyperactive. <laughs> Love you guys. Talk to you next week. Be kind to yourself, okay? Bye. <laughs>